All right, we're live with episode number 23 of Memory Tracks. Today's pretty cool. It's wrapping up the last day of South by Southwest, I think, here in Austin, which, thank goodness, because I'm fucking tired. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> exhausting. Um, but uh, this earlier this week, I had a guest on who stayed um, in from Brazil, and that was really cool. And then in the back half of the week, um, my guest today is Jess. You can say Hello. Hello. Yeah. Jess is here uh, performing at South by Southwest. Um, let's see, when we met, like, about five years ago or so. I think it was, like, 2012. That sounds right, yeah. Um, and at you, South by Southwest. At South by Southwest, yeah. You were playing and stayed, um, uh, crashed with me, and um, years later, you're crashing again for South by. Yep. Um, and you're here with your band, Tancred. Mm-hmm which is awesome. Put out a record last year. It was phenomenal. Really good. Um, It was like one of, uh, I think when I came to, you played here in Austin last year and I came Mm -hmm. during like release week, right? You played in Austin like the day before it came out or something. Yeah. Yeah. True. Okay. That was was a really good show. Who did you open for? Um, That would have been with Foxing Foxing, and Oh Brother. I don't know if it was Oh Brother swapped out at some point. For another band, Limbic System. So it was either O Brother or Limbic System. That was. I think it was Limbic System. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Was that a good tour? Yeah, that was that was a great tour. That it yeah. was the first tour Tankard actually has done. Um, right. So that was, yeah, it was like a really great environment and had a fun time. So. You've yeah. been doing Tankard for six years. Uh, well, yeah, it started as a recording project in 2011, and I put out a couple of albums between then and 2013, but like never toured with it. I played like one acoustic show in my friend's living room, but other than that, well, I never toured, and it wasn't really ever the plan. Uh, but then it started to just become a thing I wanted to do full time, so I wrote a record that I like spent a lot of time on and worked with people that I put a lot of thought into, like what how I was going to do it all, and decided to just like go all in with it when the album came out in April. So, um, so yeah, I've been almost a year now touring with it and it's, it's just been so much fun. It's, it's a great experience. That's awesome. And how was your shows for, for this week? You played two, right? You yeah. missed the first one because of the storm. We had two that we missed. Um, oh, and yeah, because of that blizzard out East and, uh, it was hectic, but it was a bummer we had to cut those two shows, uh, but then we managed to fit almost everything else we had to do into the two days I did make it out for. So they have been very long days, but um, but they've been fun. That's good. And you had time to break in your new Doc Martens. So. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm still, I'm just thinking about that with each passing second. My feet hurt so bad. <laughs> uh, but no more shows, right? You head out today. Mm-hmm, right. Flying out today. Cool. Very cool. Um, well, so when you had messaged me about crashing for the week, um, I was like, yeah, of course, I would love to have you uh, under one condition. You have to jump on the podcast. So I'm really excited that you're you're into it and wanted to do it. And um, you sent the songs over last night and very pleased with your, your selections. I'm excited to get into it, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've got three. We go through them. Uh, we'll play the first song and then um, jump in. But the first track is from the always amazing Alanis Morissette, the opening track from her big record. It's called All I Really Want. I 
I stress you out? My sweater is on backwards and inside out, and you say, how appropriate. I don't want to dissect everything today. I don't mean to pick you apart, you see, but I Think about your bills, your extra deadlines, or when you think you're gonna die. Or did you long for the next distraction? And all I need now is intellectual intercourse. A soul that makes the whole marching deeper. And I have no concept of time or permanent span. If only I could kill the killer. Some peace now, a place to find a common ground. And all I really want is a wavelength. Oh, 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 oh. And all I really want is to come first. A way to get my hands on tight.
All I Really Want by Alanis Morissette. There it is. 1995. Ooh, good year. Good year. She won, I I was looking this up earlier, she she won Record of the Year for Grammys for that album. And was the youngest artist to win it for like, held the record for like 14 years. Well, I I just got goosebumps. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who, I don't know who ended up like, taking the the new record but 14 years later so that would have been not that long ago yeah it have to be like i don't know yeah weird adele was what 21 when she won oh true so maybe her i always forget she's so young because she seems so wise yeah <laughs> she, yeah I know. it's very true but yeah this is a great record and like a phenomenal opener yeah it's a great album opener it's a great podcast opener yeah no, that's perfect that was it you, you were, I was like, well, which order do you want to do it in? But naturally, this fell to the top. So. Yeah, I think it makes sense, too, because it's, like, the first album that, like, really meant something to me also. So it's, yeah. like, it's just a first for a lot of things, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so walk me through this particular one, like, when you when you first heard it and what, what it means to you. I think it would be hard to pinpoint exactly when I first heard it because... I don't know if you remember, but that album was on everywhere all the time for yeah. most of the 90s, okay. um, after 95, I guess. But yeah, um, uh, so it really was introduced to me because my it's like my mom's favorite album. And um, she, she like so she was pretty young when she had me like she was like 21, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, she was for most of for like the first like 12 years of my life she was like a single parent and she was a young single parent so she was just out there just living life and like kind of like taking me with her and um and I mean that in a really positive way like we had fun um definitely a very like relaxed like party mom but in like a very tame and like caring way like yeah it, so we used to go camping a lot, like up into like random wooded areas in like the Sierras and stuff. And, um, and like, for some reason, this album was always on, on the drive <laughs> into the mountains and on the way out. And like, I have like so many memories of us doing that exact thing. She, uh, she loved, um, I say loved past tense. She doesn't camp anymore. That's the only reason I say that she's alive and with us today, but um, (laughs) she used to love going up into these, like they weren't even campsites. It was just like the wilderness and we would just like find a place and just like stay there. And it'd be along all these streams in the Sierras. And like, it was a beautiful, beautiful experience just like laying on the rocks in the sun. And there was always a boom box playing jagged little pill. Like it was just quintessential for, for all the stuff my mom and I did together. And she's, um, so she was in 95, I guess she would have been like 25. She would have been my age now. And, oh, um, wow. isn't this weird to think about when you get to that age? You're like, Oh yeah. I yeah. Like know. I would have had a four this year old, five knew. year old or this whatever. This is when I knew my, my mom and now I'm that age. <laughs> yeah. And actually it's so funny because she, her whole like style at this point in time was like cut off denim shorts with Doc Martens and like <laughs> a tank top and like yeah. a backwards hat. Yeah. And that's like half of that at least is what I wear now. Like I was yeah. wearing Doc Martens like today and yesterday like <laughs> so weird I'm definitely my mom yeah, yeah. <laughs> um 
But yeah, so like when I hear Jagged Little Pill, I think about just that energy from 95 and and the whole like mid 90s, which obviously I wasn't a huge part of as a five and six year old (laughs) when this album was big. But but I was there with people who were having that experience. Yeah. Just watching them like have fun and party and and um, like. My mom is queer, and so um, it was like she would go to these just like lesbian camping parties, and I would just be there in the background, like watching and (laughs) like watching them have fun and like live life, even though at that time, you know, it was still, I mean, it's still not fully acceptable to a lot of people to be gay. So, um, but even then at that time, we were even farther behind. And um, so, yeah, it was great watching. Like I grew up with no concepts that being gay wasn't normal because of my mom and her life. I was just like, Oh yeah, this is fine. This This is is how it works. I didn't even realize that I, that there was not a father picture picture in father figure in the picture until I was like nine. And one day I was like, wait, I have a question. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, so yeah, that, that, this album to me. And then that, that song just top of the album hitting play. It was like, you knew it was go time. We were going to go camping and have fun and live life in the sun. And this was, yeah, in California, just like total vibes. It's like Southern California or, um, it would have been like, so we lived in Sacramento and then we would drive like a couple hours. I want to say Northeast. I'm really bad with the like geography yeah, and the mountains I think that's there. up to like Yellowstone area. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'd go up there to to camp. So um So yeah. Do you I, get the urge to go camping when you hear it again? Sometimes still, still I, it's more of an urge to just kind of like re-exist in the 90s, yeah. which is so trite to say now because <laughs> I know that's a that's a thing, but um but it's true. It was just it was a fun time. There was it felt fun and especially in California in the 90s it was just, it yeah. was like this golden time um I always yeah. it's hard for me because I you know I feel I, I always think that I'm younger than I am and then now I'm like I'm getting old and the 90s still seems like I remember thinking oh yeah the 90s that wasn't that long ago but now oh, it's yeah. like what 25 years ago I feel like it's like a big ago. like meme thing on the internet right now where people are like when I hear like 2010 I think it was three years ago but really it was seven like yeah so yeah in the it's 90s it's like, like oh yeah it was 10 years <laughs> yeah yeah um she yeah but she was this was a huge record and mm. I think that a lot of people would probably pick something from this record yeah, yeah true that's really cool a lot it's a lot of people though it's like a thing to rag on it I think because some of the stuff is a little like you, it's easy to it pick has at the pop, yeah. Like the bass tones are really weird sometimes, like really weird. And I think it's Flea that played bass on at least a right, handful actually. of songs. Yeah, but even then, it still he was definitely like, did. You ought to know. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> and the the bass tone just sounds so silly on this sometimes. It's and like I don't hyper production. Yeah, yeah, and you know, when I was that age, I didn't really know anything about music or production at that time, so I don't know. I didn't. It didn't seem funny to me at the time. And I wonder if like if I could go back my age now with the knowledge I have now about music and production and hear it for the first time, if I would be like, this sounds like trash <laughs> or if I would still love it. But I yeah. think I mean, it was a sound that was very 90s. There's yeah. A lot of other people with the same sheen on it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like pure poetry. The whole all the lyrics, I think, is half of why I love it so much. It's like that song, too. I was singing about it just now when we were listening to it, like it. I get like so defensive when people are like, boo to that, like just teasing it. Cause I'm like, dude, she said some stuff in that. Like yeah. she was going off. She and had a mission when she sat down. And it's so beautiful. Like yeah. what she says. So 
I don't know. It's often less to me about the production and the instrumentation and more about what she's saying and how she's saying it, just like yelling it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, that's, that's pretty iconic. Every time you go karaoke, inevitably somebody pulls out an Alanis Morissette track. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I've never done karaoke. I'm really shy about it. Really? I, it's so weird because I can go sing my own songs because I know they're in my own range. Yeah. But when, I, when it comes to karaoke, it's like... But it that, scares me. Yeah, but that's the point. It's, it has to be out of your range in order to pick the right song. But then I'm just like, what if I do it and people are like, oh, wow, Jess actually sucks at singing. I guess that's true. You have a little bit more pressure. Of, it's it's stupid, do. but I just, I, I don't <laughs> dance either. It's, a, it's that yeah. kind of thing, you know, like being on display in any other way other than like my band is yeah. just terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Well, you played an awesome show the other night and I wouldn't have guessed, but. Um, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, cool. Should we move on to the next one? Yes, let's. All right. So this next one is uh, we're recording in this this in the morning. So have context of us listening to this before. Yeah, <laughs> you need the, you need to paint the picture before we hit play on this song <laughs> of us sitting at a table. There's some coffee. It's like, is it even 10 a.m. yet? Not even 10 a.m. And we're gonna sit here at this table together and <laughs> listen to this song. This is uh, "Nice and Slow" by Usher. Just wanna take it nice and slow 
I think he was like discovered by like P. Diddy or something, wasn't he? It was like well, I someone know, like, like Jermaine that. Dupree like was his big producer. Oh, right. And did you like Seal co wrote like half of his album? Oh, really? And like sings a lot of background vocals and stuff, which makes perfect sense. That's like, so funny because he co wrote another album, like the, the Josie and the Pussycat soundtrack for like the what? movie. Yeah, Seal. he like produced a lot of it. I don't know if he, he might have written it. I don't know, but... That's hilarious. Oh, you know what? I'm so wrong. You know what? I'm thinking of Babyface. Oh, uh, well, Babyface is also was a producer Seal, actually. on this record. Okay. So they must have like run in the same circle and yeah, done, for sure. done stuff together. But yeah, man, this is... Uh, yeah, but he was a baby, and so <laughs> I remember like when I was a kid, it was like... He was, I don't know, let's say 14. He might have been a little younger or a little older than that, but let's just for now say 14 for this album. When I was a kid, I was like, oh, okay, 14, that makes sense that he's like cruising around in a drop top talking about having sex with a woman. Yeah. But then when I listened to it, I got back into this album like in the last six months or something. And I was like, wait, <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> but I guess Bieber does it too. And it's the same story with him, except Usher found him. So That's true. Yeah. So the circle just keeps going. Yeah. Who's next? I don't want to know who Bieber's <laughs> going to dig up out of the YouTube world and drink, drag to the spotlight. And oh, man. But I mean, I actually really love Bieber's latest album. But I think yeah, it's <laughs> universally acclaimed. For sure. mm-hmm. It's hard to. It's to good. Dislike. It's yeah, good. It's really good. It's really good. But this is a classic. Yeah, my way is awesome, and I think a lot of people, you know, like people who listen to that kind of music in in his realm, specifically more so than other genres don't really like talk about this album very much. And I'm like, no, do it. It's like, go back and re-listen to it. It's a jam. It's a jam. I do need to go back and listen because he has like that gap where this was a huge record and then he like disappears and grows up Mm -hmm. and then he comes back out with, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Wait, he cheated with little John, (laughs) which everyone was like, whoa, Mm -hmm. sure. Okay. He's back, I guess. Oh yeah. He came back with a force. (laughs) Yeah. And then he's still doing stuff today. With a song called Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he just says yeah a bunch. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, he and now he's on the Hamilton mixtape. So, oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's still out <laughs> so there. His career still goes. Usher, man. Well, should I get into it with, with, with yeah, why I picked this me, one? Yeah, tell me this one. So this one is like similar time. And Did you happen to jot down what year this album was? Well, probably would have been. 1997. 
97. Okay. So this was not... Two years after. Yeah, not too far after (laughs) the last thing we just talked about. But um, it was like, I think when I first started being like interested in uh, just like pop culture and like boys and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I say boys, but the story is going to be about my babysitter who was a girl and I was definitely subconsciously in love with her. And (laughs) as most people are with their cool young babysitter when you're a kid. I definitely had a crush on my babysitter. Yeah, of course (laughs) it just happens. There's some, there's some like aura that a babysitter gives off. That's just like, you're cool. It's unavoidable. Yeah. (laughs) So this one was this girl named Erin and she was actually awful to me, but like, I still loved her. Like she would do weird. I uh, can I swear on this by the oh, way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She would do really weird shit. Like, um, the movie it with like Pennywise and everything. She would tell me I hadn't even seen this movie. So she would just like brief me real quick so that she could set me up for like this, like psychological torture <laughs> where she told me that if like anytime I was going to go to the bathroom, I'd be like, Erin, to pee and she'd be like okay but if you go into the bathroom and use the toilet then the it clown is gonna come out and murder you and i was like 97 so i was like six or seven that's terrifying i know and i was just like okay like and then i'd go in there and just like stare at the toilet and be horrified (laughs) waiting for a clown to come out yeah and like remember she had a playstation like playstation came out i think it was like later so this kind of skips ahead for a minute here but she was the first person i knew that had a playstation and I remember like eating warheads and like playing Tomb oh Raider God, with her. I haven't about warheads in a long time. Right. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird torture candy. Yeah. <laughs> Why did we do that? Yeah. But, um, so, so yeah, I remember her having a PlayStation. I was like eating candy and got like her remote sticky. I was a child, you know, like a, ch- a child. And I remember her just like full fledged like screaming at me. And I was like, I'm so sorry, but I like loved her so much that all I could do was like cry and apologize. And like, she was a, just she wanted. was a bitch, but, yeah. like, but she was like a hot, hot bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So, um, I, she got me into Usher cause she had this album and I was, my mom would probably not have let her play that album for me. <laughs> But she did it anyway, like, and she knew it. She'd be like, bye, Pam, my mom's Pam. She'd be like, see you, have fun, like, camping or whatever. And then, like, the door would close, and she'd be like, cool, first things first. (laughs) I'm going to make you upset about it, and then we're going to put on Usher full blast, and I'm going to, like, tell you about what all the songs mean, and, and, like, we're going to dance to it. And then she also uh, had me watch Romeo and Juliet. Oh, the Baseline. With Leo DiCaprio and Claire Danes, yeah. And uh, I would not have been allowed to watch that either. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that goes on in there. It's yeah. like murder, gun violence, drugs, um, n- like nudity, profanity. It's, yeah. So, and Radiohead. Yeah, of course, Radiohead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I remember her putting that on. And I actually, I think maybe why I picked this song yesterday when I was just like racking my brain for stuff is because I rewatched Romeo and Juliet a few days ago. And... Um, for the first time since the 90s. Did it hold up? Yes. It was even better because now I know what it's really about. Uh, <laughs> like what they're all doing and stuff. Yeah. Um, and my, I watched it with my friend over FaceTime who was like, if you don't remember this that well, we have to rewatch it. You're going to love it. And so I was like, all right. So we watched it. And she brought to my attention that like my like my aesthetic, I feel, my, my, um, my essence without knowing it is like very Romeo, Leo Romeo. <laughs> and like... 
we watched it and I was like, you're so right. Like, I feel like I am him in love and vibe and like general moodiness and just like, it's like, it speaks to you. It yeah. does. And then I realized it's probably cause it was like the first adult movie I watched and with like my babysitter as I was like coming into the idea of like all these things like dating and like kissing and stuff was like a yeah. new concept to me. Yeah. And like, the kind of like fire that they have in that movie when they're kissing is definitely like, I find myself being very critical of how people kiss in movies. I'm usually like, that looks gross. I don't know why they didn't yeah. tell them how to do that better. And right. like, too I was, forced to not, yeah. Yeah, or like awkward and jerky, or yeah. like it looks like someone's face is being eaten by the other person. So when I was rewatching this the other day, I was like, their kissing is perfect. It's like on point. And then I was like, Maybe it's because that has been my template for kissing my whole life. And it's because of this movie when I like learned what it was. And I was like, oh, cool. That's what kissing is and how people do it. Yeah. And like that's how people act when they're in love, which is an awful model, by the way, for being in love because they do wild things in, a, in less than 24 hours. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. So then like meanwhile, Usher was like playing in the background and this song was just like very romantic and very sensual just like that movie was and i think i heard this song and watched that movie in the same night so yeah so just they kind together. of go hand in hand and um yeah so it, i don't know it, it brings me back to that like weird time in your life when you're like oh there's adult things it's not all yeah. baby things <laughs> yeah, you kind of like step over the line like okay yeah mm-hmm. i have so much to learn now yeah and then <laughs> i was experiencing this all with this girl that was like 14, 15, or 16, and was just, like, cool as hell. Yeah, like and your like, definition of this is what I want to be. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's With, funny. like, butterfly clips. Where classic, do you think, like, choker necklace thing, oh, yeah, you yeah. know. Where do you think she is today? I think we, like, almost found each other on MySpace or Facebook or something, like, 10 years ago. I really should look back into that. Um, because I'm sure she's... A riot. I yeah. think I heard she's married now. Um, so I don't know. I, I need to see how she's doing. I mean, that age difference now, like, would not be as big of a deal. Yeah. So I'm sure you guys could have some good times. She's, yeah, she, so I guess, yeah, she'd only be like six or seven years older than me. Um, she's got to be, she's probably in some career where she's able to just like have control over things and like be the boss because <laughs> that she has that enough. energy. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you asked that. I'm going to do that after this. Yeah, you should. I mean, she could be going around being like, oh, yeah, I used to babysit Jess from Tancred. <laughs> no, there's no way she's saying that. <laughs> no, you, never know. you never know. We'll find out soon enough. Yeah, I'll ask her. Hey, do you tell people that you used to babysit? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, shall we take it to the last one? Let's. All right, so this one is called Two Small Deaths, and it's by Y Oak.
was uh, Two Small Deaths by Y Oak. We were, so when we, whenever I do these tapings, we listen to the songs um, and take the mics off. And we got distracted during that uh, recording and we're discussing that Usher actually was, has a crazy story somehow related to Bobby Brown's bodyguard. So we got to look that <laughs> up later. We were, so note to self, but um, yeah. Changing gears. Look up his young shenanigans. His <laughs> yeah, preteen shenanigans. It looks like a fascinating story. Mm-hmm. Um, Why Oak, though? Yeah, so this is from um, their 2000, let's see, 2011 record uh, called Civilian. Mm-hmm. And uh, really cool song. Yeah, they've got, they've got a vibe that is really nice. Very, very relaxed. But, but it's not like droney, so it's like you're, you're like, like captivated by it but your mind kind of just like eases into it it's nice um yeah i love this album of theirs um i guess i i picked this one because that that song i just love that song the guitar is cool in it the keyboard stuff is cool in it the words just i really love it um and uh when i got really into this album it was when i was on tour with a different band in probably 2000, 2012. And um, <clears throat> I remember it being, 2012 was like a really weird year for me. Um, I would have been about 21, I think. And um, I was just like going through a lot of weird stuff, just kind of getting older and like going through my first like really serious breakup and um and also just getting really existential about music (laughs) like not sure I mean I've never questioned if I want to do it but like definitely I think all artists kind of question like how long can I do this for and keep my sanity right and like pay my bills like it's like a lot so I was going through this thing where we were on tour and it was just like, I was just like an emotional wreck all the time. Not outwardly, but just like inside. I was just yeah, like always just like the, the emoji with the blue forehead and the one like sweat drop on the forehead. <laughs> yeah. That was me every day. And, um, it's crazy how well emojis can express. I love emotion. it. <laughs> love it. <laughs> and now there's all the new ones and they're like huge and beautiful. Like yeah, it's, it's great. Anyway. So yeah. Um, so I remember this one night when I was like, at, at, when I was right in the middle of my obsession with this album. And, um, we were staying at this hotel in, um, in Buffalo, New York. And if you, if anyone listening to this has toured in a band before and played up in Buffalo, you probably know this hotel. It is called, I think Adam's heart. I think is what it's called. Something very similar to that. If not that, and um, it's a massive, massive hotel that for some reason no one's ever in. I think it's haunted. Uh, and yeah. I, I think like there's stories about it. There's like six ballrooms on the ground floor that can be rented out. And no, like they're never rented out. It, they're always empty. Like only half the lights are ever turned on it's in this like place a drug at night. Front or something. Like I don't know. I mean, it's, that would be a crazy drug front. It's yeah. huge. The upkeep must be, it must be insane. It, it's like there's got, I think there's like 20 stories or something. It's like at least that's like a safe minimum. And, um, and also Buffalo is just weird. 
it's very overcast and mopey and like there's i never see pedestrians i'm always like what's going on yeah, here it's this like place? this whole town is a drug there's front. some sort of secret though like you just yeah. don't know I th- yeah it's america's drug front the government probably <laughs> traffics drugs to can to and from canada through buffalo and yeah. no one needs to live there yeah. <laughs> um so yeah we always end up staying there because it's always the cheapest thing on Priceline when you're getting a hotel. And even if you do a random express deal, it just still ends up being Adam's heart. Like you just can't not stay. <laughs> and, um, so this night we had a whole, it was a day off there. So we got to the hotel kind of earlier in the day and there was just nothing to do in Buffalo. So we just decided to chill at the hotel and relax. And I needed to do laundry and it was kind of stormy and rainy and dark and, um, really windy And I was just taking time, you know, like when you're on tour, you want to just kind of get away from everyone for a while when you get the chance and just clear your head. So that was my night was to do that and do my laundry. And I had gone up to um, the laundry room, like the nearest one that was working because half of the laundry rooms didn't even work. Such a weird place. Um, I had to go up really high into the laundry room. On like I want to say it was like the fourteenth floor or something. <laughs> a random location for. Isn't it a thing to skip the thirteenth floor in I buildings? I think some people do that. Yeah, it's not everywhere, but. I think it was like the, it either skipped the thirteenth or the laundry room was on the thirteenth. There was some weird vibe about where <laughs> I was in that place. Something's off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and we had like drinks. Just it was a day off. You have like you know a van full of beer or whatever, yeah, of and so we were like brought some in, and so I was like. I was coasting, just like kind of drunk, doing my laundry by myself. And I had this album on repeat in headphones. And I remember walking down these hallways. I had to go back and forth to get clothes and stuff. And then like would sit on the washing machine and just like hang out by myself in this like really dim laundry room. And the wind was blowing the built. It's like a huge building. So it sways, you know? Yeah. So it was like swaying and it was creepy. And I was going through all this like emotional life stuff, trying to figure out what was going on in my small little world. And, um, and this album was just like the soundtrack for it all. And it just was like such a weird aesthetic for me to, I don't know, to just, just be in that moment. I was just really in that moment and then would go walk around the hotel and get creeped out and in a really like cool way, you know, when you're like in that mood where you don't care what happens. You're just walking around just like you're very just like you're just being. And yeah. that was kind of what I was doing this night. And um, and uh, I always think of that night when I hear that song, um, Two Small Deaths. Um, yeah, just a nice, nice vibe. It sounds like a, it sounds like living through like The Shining or something. It, yeah, it was <laughs> it was I wouldn't have been surprised to see like a see little boy ghost. on a weird trike just do you believe in ghosts oh yeah yeah i've talked about this on a podcast before (laughs) it always comes up um i saw a ghost once and it changed my life (laughs) like really before i was like atheist and i didn't believe in ghosts at all like i was just like science and then like i saw this ghost with a few other people and it was there for a while it wasn't like oh did you see that it was like we're we are all collectively looking at a ghost and like it was so real nothing will ever make me doubt it yeah. i care zero if anyone believes me because i know that i saw a ghost for like a minute straight walking around in front of me and um then i was like oh maybe i'm not atheist maybe i don't know things there's something <laughs> out there yeah yeah definitely something was it a threatening experience or was no. it like peaceful yeah relaxing it was peaceful it was in a graveyard and it was just kind of like walking around um 
like we were, we went there to see it because they had seen it there before and it's like you can like google it too it's like a ghost that you can oh, go okay i mean it's not guaranteed to be there but other people have seen the same ghost and people try to go to it that same spot in the graveyard and look for it and yeah. so we did and we saw it and i made them take me back the next night because i was like i'm gonna see it again i was like i need to know that i didn't dream this right and i saw it again in a different kind of form but yeah it's there things are out there and we just don't know how to do it yet <laughs> yeah i i've never seen one i'm i definitely and i know enough people that have had experiences that i think of as very normal rational human beings and so mm-hmm. i would never dismiss somebody's testament to seeing a ghost i kind of want to see one myself though i really want to experience it yeah well if you ever end up in utah <laughs> go to this graveyard <laughs> oh god utah wow yeah, it was in Ogden, Utah, which I guess used to be like a weird CIA town or something that got closed down. And like, it's a really haunted town with a lot of creepy stories behind it. Yeah. Stayed at a haunted hotel there too last year. Or no, a few years ago. So this is becoming a thing for you. You're, you you want to surround yourself in that. Yeah. Haven't really had anything actually happen at a haunted hotel, unfortunately. Yeah. But, but uh, I don't actually look for ghosts since that, since I saw the one. Because since I know they're there, I that means anything could be there. Demons could be out there, like something yeah, where evil. Do you, where, do you, where could you draw the line once you admit that one thing that you thought wasn't real? Yeah, <laughs> who knows? And I don't want to get mixed up with some demons. Like I don't, I don't want that in my life. Yeah, I got that's, enough that's going some on. Shit, you got to stay away from. <laughs> do you believe in aliens too? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be. That one's more plausible. I think. Yeah. yeah. It's that seems like hide. pure science. And anyone that's denying it is living in an, an anti-science world. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. That's fun. Um, well, these were, this was really cool. I really enjoyed yeah. hearing, hearing your stories. I think you, you, you captured the point of it really well. So. Cool. Thanks for having me. This was yeah. really fun and nice to think about why. I, like I've always known I love these songs and these albums, but to really have to sit down and think about why is fun. Yeah. I'm definitely going to go back and listen to Usher's record. Oh, yeah. It's good. It's good. Just like cruise around in your car and your drop top, seven yeah. o'clock on the dot. <laughs> there was, I was, I was just going to bring this up during the Usher track, but um, it, actually somebody else had, didn't pick an Usher song, but we got on a topic. And I don't know if you would, if you're too young to remember this, but I asked them and they had no idea what I was talking about. But I did Google it this morning and confirmed that it is real. Um, do you remember the Nickelodeon show Cousin Skeeter? Cousin Skeeter, is that? It was like late 90s. It was a live action show, like an African-American family, and they had a cousin that came to live with them who was a puppet. And they no. just got into hijinks in each episode. It was, it was fun. I think if I saw a picture of it, I would recognize it. I, would, I, mean, I remember most of the things on TV in the late 90s. Yeah. It was, um, it was a fun show, but they had an episode where they go to an Usher con- uh, concert and he performs My Way. And it just, that was like Ooh, the big breakout. That sounds really familiar <laughs> now. I feel like I can remember that. Yeah. And it's so funny because when I was little and watching that, I was like, cool, like Usher's with <laughs> Usher's a puppet. Cool, but yeah. now older, it's like, what? <laughs> I also remember Montel Jordan doing This Is How We Do It on Sister, Sister. Ooh, yeah. Sister, Sister was good. That was a really good show. You know what's really weird is people tell me that I look like the, the sisters. <laughs> like a like white, a white version Mara of Maori. Yeah. <laughs> and... I feel like we should look up a picture after because you might you might see it. (laughs) I started to see it and I was like, interesting. I love that. I'm the third sister 
or like <laughs> the long lost the long white lost like yeah white Maori sister. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Well, cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on. This this was fun. Thank Looking you. Yeah. Till next time.